Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. That's where we'll be today. And I'm going to talk to you really about repentance. I'm going to talk to you about repentance on this Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is so wonderful because that's the day that Christ made his triumphal entry into the holy city, the city of David. And he was making room for us. Uh, Of course, you know, we celebrated on that day and then just a few days later we, we condemned him. I want you to receive the word of the Lord today. Make room for him. And don't reject what you're about to hear because actually the word that you hear is a painful word. It's a healing word though. It's a healing word. How many of you know sometimes you have to hear a painful word, a diagnosis, so that you can receive the kind of surgery you need so that you be whole, right? And I have some concerns about our, this moment in history because of the lies that we're being, that are being shared that are actually blocking people from receiving the diagnosis and the response and the treatment that they need so that we can be reconciled back to God. How many of you want the whole truth and nothing but the truth today? Okay, we're gonna find it here in Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter seven. Uh, what I'm gonna talk to you today is I'm gonna, I'm gonna be talking to you about two lies about salvation. Two lies about salvation. First of all, these lies that we're being told right now, one is being told by the culture and one is being told by the church. I never wanna stand in here and complain about what's going on out there without also dealing with what's going on in the, in the church house, right? Is that fair? In fact, whatever, the Bible does not say for us not to judge. Let me just say that right away. But the Bible does say in whatever manner you judge, you will also be judged, okay? And so we are not gonna withhold truth from the culture, from the world, because the truth will set you free. But as we share the truth, I just want you to know it's gonna land on us as well, okay? So the first lie I want to mention to you today is a lie that's in the pop pop culture, and that is that we have a salvationless, a salvationless repentance a salvationless repentance. I want you to think about this. Now there's a lot of good things about this today because how many of you know in our world, there are things in the world that are not right? Have you noticed? Has anybody noticed? Have you ever been on the receiving end of injustice? Have you ever seen injustice? It's there in the world. And so the culture's trying to deal with it and. It's good, it's good when society writes things that are wrong. In fact, the Bible calls us to this kind of life. And so as we deal with this, I just wanna bless Pathway Church for your work in this arena. Let me say this, thank you for caring for the widow and for the orphan. Thank you for being a gospel community where the rich sit with the poor 
and the white, the brown, the black, and every shade in between sits with one another, does relationship with one another, loves one another. Thank you for being the kind of church where we're not a young church and we're not an old church. We're an intergenerational church. One of the things I love about Pathway Church is Pathway Church has a culture that honors our fathers and our mothers. Have you noticed that? Aren't you thankful for the godly fathers and mothers in this house that have paved the way for us to be able to receive the gospel? Aren't you thankful for that? Can we just honor our elders in the house today? And of course, anytime I'm preaching, I always know that my mama is watching. And so I just want to say to my mom sitting on the first row, looking beautiful as, as always, thank you for creating space and always loving people of every background, but especially young people. Thank you so much for making room. Yeah, we're not a white church. We're not a black church. We're not a brown church. We're not a young church. We're not an old church. We're not a rich church. We're not a poor church. We are just a church. Is that fair? We are just a church. We're just a church. We will gather, when all of this is said and done, we will gather around the throne of God. The Bible says people from every tribe and every nation will gather around the throne of God and we will sing out, we will worship the Lord together. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. That's Psalm chapter 133 and verse one. And I think it's in verse five. It says, there I have commanded a blessing. So I'm thankful for all of the good work that is demonstrated in the church. Now, is the church perfect? Absolutely not. You look close enough at Pathway Church, at any one of our campuses, you'll find some problems. Have you also noticed that? You know what, if you wanna reduce the number of problems, here's what you can do. You can leave (laughs) because we are the problem and Jesus is the solution. So can we be patient with one another, bear one another's burdens, and let's all just keep on getting closer and closer to Jesus. Can we do that? Now, I'm, I'm not asking, we're not asking that you become perfect before you come to Jesus, but we're asking you to come to Jesus, the perfect one, and be molded and shaped into the image of God. That's what I'm asking. But the culture right now, is demanding that for every problem you can possibly find or invent, that you will repent and your repentance will never be good enough to the day you die. Here's what we're doing right now is we are ranking all the grievances in the world to the point where you have traditional civil rights movements for women and for races now being subordinated or insubordinated by some of the most privileged people on the planet. I want you just to think about this. This week, a terrible thing happened. A a shooter came into a Christian school. He shot up and killed six people. And so much of what we have been talking about is the poor marginalized person that shot up the school. 
Don't get me started. I really need to keep a bridle, so a rain, some reins on this thing right now. To the point, now it was one thing, when the champion women's swimmer NCAA Division I was a dude, women's swimmer was a dude, was a man. Uh, let, me, let me just cut the tension that's here. Listen, let me just, the premise, if you, do you believe the Bible? Do you believe? Then there are two genders, man and woman, and woman. And, you know, if you say that, you will have someone say, that's bigoted, you can't say that. How dare you identify with Christ? Yet I'm supposed to affirm a fictional, made-up, unscientific, non-biological fantasy of some 176 places on a spectrum. Listen, it's really simple. There are two genders. And so to the point now that the first female mass shooter was not even a woman, but was a man. I'm just so confused. And here's what we're supposed to do. Here's what this culture wants us to do, wants us to apologize and repent nonstop, rank everybody out and just continue on in that perpetually. It's an aggrieved culture, a culture that's calling us to repent and there's no relief in sight. Let's put that on a shelf here for a second, okay? Now let's walk over to the church. Because in the church right now, we have a lie being perpetrated on the church. With a gospel that has rounded off corners in a church that has rounded off corners being preached by pastors who have rounded off corners. Don't want to say anything that will offend anything that will damage the offering, anything that will damage the perception or the influence of the church and who, you know what? I have been uninvited to places because I preached the, the Bible. And you know what? At the end of the day, I just want to hear one person say, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, we want to be approved by Jesus. And well, we want to be approved by other people too, right? We want to as well. But if I have to choose, then I want to be approved by the Lord. But here's what a lot of us have done in an effort to be approved by so many other people. It really don't make sense, make, make a difference at the end of the day, is we've offered a repentant-less salvation. Where we just can come into the house of God, be however we want, say and do whatever we want. And at the end of the day, somebody's gonna preach a really nice funeral about us and talk about how we're standing in heaven. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people that have received funerals like that, that I'm telling you, they were enemies of God. And God helped the pastors and churches that don't call people to repentance and just confer salvation on everyone. You must repent to be born again. You must repent of your sins in order to be saved. If you don't, what kind of child abuse was it that a heavenly father would send his son 
to die on a cross for us. If the cross wasn't needed, if repentance isn't needed, what kind of exercise was that? Listen, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's a major problem, but the story doesn't end there. The Bible goes on to tell us in the same book there in Romans that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Aren't you glad for life in Jesus Christ today? Amen. So one lie by the popular culture, one lie by an erring church. Let's go to the book. Let's see what it says. Second Corinthians chapter seven, and we'll start in verse eight. The Bible says, I am not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you. This is Paul. He had written first Corinthians. And now he's doing the cleanup letter in second Corinthians. He said, I, I was sorry at first for I know it was painful for you a little while. Now I'm glad I sent it, not because it hurt you, but because the path caused you to, say it with me. Come on, one more time, really good. Come, so all the campuses can hear it really good. Repent and change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have. So you were not harmed by us, even though you were triggered. Let me just say, if you're coming to church or you're going to work or you're in a family trying to live so that you won't be offended, good luck with that. Everybody just needs to chill out. Let me ask you this. Why are we going to try and control the whole world and how they make us feel? Why don't we just handle our own business and get our feelings sorted out? The Bible says, don't be so easily offended. How many good relationships have we lost because we were so easily offended let, let me ask you have you ever said something you wish you hadn't said is there is there anybody that's done like me like as the words are falling out of your mouth you're reaching out trying to grab them and pull them back in has anybody ever done that before have you ever gotten in an argument with your spouse and then realized that you were wrong yet you were still committed to the win? You know what I'm saying? Somebody, please help tell me, say, Pastor, I know what you're going through. <laughs> and you know what? A lot of our offense, we deserve to receive negative repercussions. But you know what? Sometimes we're offended and we walk away and we get over ourselves a little bit and then we say, you know what? That was actually medicine for my soul. Hey, one time I was preaching at my buddy's church, Tom Sturban's church. I was barely 30. I might've been about 29 years old. And I was so excited going to preach at this beautiful place. It used to be the Lee Greenwood Theater. In fact, if you've been to Sevierville, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, you've driven past that church up on the hill. It's big, it's beautiful, gorgeous place. And then I'm invited this young kid to come in and preach. And then one of my professors, Dr. Bill George, who's an amazing, amazing leader, I got ready to preach and I looked out and guess what? He was sitting in the, in the crowd. He had heard I was gonna be there, so he went to hear me preach. And man, I preached as good as I could. And when I finished, Dr. George came up to me and he said, Travis, you hit a home run with that message. 
if only you hadn't lapped the bases twice. <laughs> that was rough. You know what? That hurt my feelings. I was offended, but you know what? I, after I got over my hurt feelings, then I became thankful for a father in the faith that loved me enough to tell me the truth, to tell me that I shouldn't have preached two sermons. I should have just preached one. And you know what? I went back and I tried to be a better preacher after that. You know, not everything that we're offended over is because something, someone said something wrong. Sometimes we just need to chill out with what we're being upset about, not be so easily offended. Paul. Paul says to us, he said, you, you are not harmed by us in any way. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. I'm going to pause there for a second. I'm going to get to as much of this as I can here before we get done today. But listen, so many times I give an altar call and I can see it on people's face. They want to respond, but they're afraid of what people think. A lot of times people will raise their hand to receive salvation. God help them if I actually call them down to the altar. And I'll see the men get separated from the boys real quick. As people don't want to come down to the altar in front of people, what will people think? Listen, there comes a place and a time when you see the holiness of God and you see who you are and everything else just goes away. And you don't care what your wife thinks. You don't care what your kids thinks. You don't care. Your boss may be sitting in this place and you just don't even care. You get like King David and you say, forget my throne, forget my kingdom, forget, forget my reputation. I have sinned. Yes, I am the man, Nathan. I did do what you said that I did. And I throw myself on the mercy of God's court. Hallelujah. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing if, if we just quit caring about what people thought and we, we quit caring about what we thought about our poor, tender sensibilities. And that when the truth of God was laid upon our life, that we would say, God, give it to me, everything that you have, so that I could be made right with you. Let me tell you, the truth will set you free. But man, sometimes... The truth just doesn't feel good. But God knows what he's doing. If we'll, if we'll allow him to do his work in our life, it'll change everything for us. So we weren't harmed any, any way. For that kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow Sorrow that will cancel you. Sorrow that will isolate you. Sorrow that will spotlight you and throw shame on you repeatedly over and over again. That kind of sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. So let me give you what I see as three responses to sin. And I think that these two lies that we've been told don't scratch the itch that we have the only thing that can satisfy is a godly sorrow which leads to repentance okay so here's the first response no sorrow at all that we just have a singed conscience where we just say and do whatever we want and you say that's just how i am deal with it listen in the kingdom of god 
to receive salvation, we have got to be open to the truth about ourselves, the soft truth, the hard truth, whatever it is that the Lord gives us, that we say, God, I trust you more than I trust me. Yes, maybe I was born this way. Maybe I'm gonna talk to people like this. Maybe my dad was a drunk. You know, maybe our family has temper. Uh, temper. You know, may, maybe this has marked our family. But God, you have laid out a new way for me and I want your way rather than what I've been raised up in or what I've been around or what I've been shaped by or, or what influences came into my life that turned me this way. You know what I'm saying? God, I, I want you to touch my conscience. No sorrow, there's no hope. And the whole world, have you noticed that the world is no longer ashamed? Have you, you know, it used to be, it used to be on TV, they wouldn't even show a toilet on TV. Have you, do you remember back, leave it to Beaver, I don't, they, they had, I think the mom and the dad had two beds because they didn't want to think that a mom and dad actually slept in the same bed. Today, there is no shame at all. In fact, the crazier you can be, the more you are applauded by culture. It's the craziest thing to the point where if you strive to be a moral person and a good person, then it's actually looked at as being somehow evil. No sorrow. The second response is a worldly sorrow, which leads to death. Shame, guilt, bitterness, Listen, there are a lot of brothers and sisters that are fully saved by Jesus Christ, but you don't really understand the liberty and the freedom that comes in knowing Jesus. Listen, when you are saved, listen to me, please. There's some people that really need to hear this. When you are saved, you are freed from your past. You're freed from your past. Listen, be real honest. Pastor, I've said some things. I would be so embarrassed if anybody ever heard it. Pastor, I have thought some things that I didn't say that if anyone ever knew my thoughts, I would be so ashamed. I would never be able to show myself my face in public. Is, is there anybody today? Is there anybody? You know what I'm saying? Listen, let me tell you what the word of God says. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. Repentance leads to salvation. And when we are saved, the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You are not condemned. In fact, Jesus stands in your place and he receives the judgment that you should have got, you should have had, and he comes over and he gives you freedom. Thank you. Thank you. D, I'm not who I used to be, but I'm also not who I'm gonna be. God has changed me. I am free from my past. I'm free from shame. I'm, I'm free from guilt. I'm free from chains. I am free in Jesus Christ. But it's not because of worldly sorrow. It's because of the third response. Godly sorrow. Godly sorrow. When we express godly sorrow, we are responding to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that lets us see who we are and it lets us see who God is. And the gap is so high. It's like our best things that we can do is to build a little molehill and who God is like Mount Everest. I mean, we can, never, we can never rise to the level 
of holiness and righteousness that is God. Yet, he confers on us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Unearned, unmerited favor. It's called grace. Grace. Aren't you glad that you're saved by the grace of God? The problem with either of these errors, both the cultural error and the church error, is that we are robbed of the transformation that comes from repentance. One says you can never repent enough, and the other one says you don't need to repent. It's just like an easy believism. And you can do that right here at Pathway Church. You can pick up the little card, you can check the box, you can get baptized. You could get baptized a thousand times. You'll still go to hell wet if you're not saved. If you're not saved, you must be born again. We must be new creations of God in Christ Jesus. Think about this. There will be no transformation without salvation. There will be no salvation without repentance. There will be no repentance unless the Holy Spirit of God draws us to him. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is working on every single person in here. If you are not careful, you can dull your sensitivity where you reject God and reject God and reject God and the things that used to cause you to fall on your face before God no longer even mess with your conscience. It's not that the Holy Spirit has quit speaking to you. It's that you have quit listening to the God that is pursuing you. So in the book of Revelation, we are told, let him who has an ear hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. You know what the Holy Spirit is saying to all of mankind? Repent and be saved. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. We must repent if we want to see God. Going to church won't get you into heaven. Giving in the offering won't get you into heaven. Hanging around with the right people won't get you into heaven. Being moral won't get you into heaven. The only thing that will get you into heaven is Jesus Christ and a relationship with him. In fact, amen, somebody give God a hand clap. In fact, at the end of this message, all of our campuses will be led in receiving communion today. In fact, let me just tell you right now, if you are not saved, do not take communion. But I wish everyone would take communion because I wish everyone would be saved by Jesus Christ. God is looking for us and we wanna meet him on our own terms. God, I wanna give you 90% of my life. No, listen, God wants every stitch of your life. We turn over everything to him. Repentance is really to express godly sorrow and turning from God or from sin and turning to God. That's what repentance is. It's not just saying a prayer, but we have to confess our sins and repent. 
There are a lot of people that confess sins. They put it on Facebook all the time. I did this, I did this, I did this. I did, I'm gonna do this. If you do this, I'm gonna do that. But if we confess our sins and we repent of our sins, we turn from that sin and turn to God, then God will heal us. It's repentance. And it's in the whole Bible. It's in the book of Ezekiel. It's in the book of Judges. It's in the book of Joshua. It's in the book of John. It's in the book of Revelation. It's a thread that runs through the entire Bible. We saw David turn. We saw Samson gifted by God, doing incredible things, becoming full of himself. And then at his last moment, he repents and God redeems him. You know what? We have people in our church that have lived lives, their whole lives unto the world. And in the last moments of their lives, they gave their life to God and they were fully saved. It doesn't matter when, it just matters that you put your trust in Jesus Christ. But we have to repent. We have to confess. We have to turn from our sin. And like turning from our sin isn't good enough. Turning to God. And there's an order. In the last few weeks, I heard a popular minister talking about baptism and talking about what was preached in the church and what topics they avoided, what they preached on and what they didn't preach on. And they said, these passages, we, we don't preach about this until after they're saved. How can you call someone to something they don't even know about? The comment was, the only prerequisite for baptism is water. No, sir. No, sir. The Bible doesn't say be baptized and then repent. The order of salvation is to repent and be baptized. Matthew chapter 3. verses five through eight, addresses this repentant-less salvation. People from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Confession, then baptism. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. Uh, you brood of snakes, he exclaimed. Who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe or we're descendants of Abraham. That means nothing for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones, even now, the ax of God's judgment is poised ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Baptism, baptism is not enough. We do not believe in a baptism that saves. We are not saved by water, we are saved by? We are not saved by water, we are saved by? Jesus, come on, really good and loud. We're not saved by water, we are saved by? Jesus, we must repent. And sometimes people confess Jesus with their mouth, but deny him with their life. It would be an injustice 
to someone if I knew someone was getting into the baptistry to be baptized and I knew they had no intention of departing from sin. It's not just me. Water is not the only prerequisite for a baptism. We need to confess based on your profession of faith in Christ Jesus. I, bat- I don't say I baptize you in the name. I say based on your profession of faith in Christ Jesus. In other words, if you're lying, you're frying, not me. <laughs> not me. I didn't do- I'm not pronouncing or conferring salvation on you. In fact, you don't even know about me. You can't know my heart and I can't know your heart. But you know what we can say is, is there fruit of salvation? Is there fruit of repentance? Have you turned? Have you turned from your sin? That's a question. It's a question. Pastor, what happens if there are things that I don't know about? Listen, you repent of everything that you know about. Everything that you are aware of, to your knowledge, that you're going to be held to an account for that. And then this is how the faith goes. God will give you victory over things as you go. And then he will bring to attention some other things. Some challenges, have you noticed some of the challenges that rocked your world 10 years ago don't even bother you today? And you're going, why did that rock my world? You grew, you grew. And you've also gotten the word of God. Listen, when you get in the word of God and you learn about things, the Holy Spirit begins to move on your heart and he brings something to your attention, respond to the Holy Spirit and be flexible in his hands and be quick to repent. My assumption is that there are a lot of brothers and sisters that are saved by God that are, that are discovering things new every day that God is working on you in, right? Or maybe you've arrived. Have you arrived? No, we're getting closer and closer to the Lord. But unless we confess and unless we repent, which includes turning from sin, we will not be saved. Now, what happens if we don't repent? Matthew chapter 3, verse 5, where I was just reading, concludes by saying this. In verse 10, even now, the acts of God's judgment is poised ready to sever the roots of the trees yes every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire do you hear what he's talking about here do you understand pastor Jesus Jesus at the end of the day all dogs go to heaven you know At the end of the day, everyone's going to be saved. This is not true. Have we forgotten that broad is the way to destruction and narrow is the road, the gate to salvation? Have we forgotten that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord is known by God. Everybody's got a little 
Christian trinket. You got your little cross. Everybody's got their little cross. Everybody's got their little accessory. God wants everything. Everything, everywhere is under the dominion of God. And at the end of the day, he will have it. Repentance is saying before he takes it, God, everything I have is yours. And I bow to you now. I serve you now. And when we don't, we are our own God. Pastor, it's so old fashioned. It's old fashioned for a reason because it's true, it's lasting, it's eternal. And it's for you today. I dare you. I dare you to live a faith that believes God's word is true and live according to the truth of God. I dare you. I dare you not to look at the crowd you're hanging around with and then become like that crowd, but instead be like Jesus in whatever crowd you're in. Don't be ashamed of your faith. You know, can I just make an admission here? I, there have been times in my life, listen, I'm always gonna pray for my food, always. But you know, there were times in my life that I was embarrassed for people to know that I was a Christian. This is embarrassing. This is so silly. There have been times where when I went to pray, I pretended like I had a headache as I prayed. Or I pray with my eyes open. You can pray with your eyes open. Jesus even said, watch and pray. But you know what? I just decided when I'm going to go out to eat, I want to be identified with Christ. I'm going to bow my head and I'm going to pray. And you know what? When I get invited to pray in public gatherings, I just decided I'm going to pray as if I was praying over my own family to be saved or to be healed. A bold prayer. But how, how can we be saved? How can we be free if we're more concerned about what people think about us or we're more concerned with the bondage that we hold on to. Listen, like a bird in a cage, God has opened the door and we're free. No more chains, no more bondage. It's just freedom. Yet so many of us sit in a cage with the door open, holding on to something that we need to repent of. Something that, let's say it like this, something that we need to confess and turn from. But pastor, it's what I know. Oh, it's... There's such a better tomorrow for you. But you must repent. I want to read one more passage and then I'm going to have a stand and our pastors are coming. They're going to minister to us. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, please go ahead and stand with me. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, It's a reminder to the church, just like today. I, I assume you're here because you love the Lord. I assume you're here because you're open to what God is doing in your life. But I also assume that 
there's a lot of baggage that's been brought into this place. Look after each other so that none of you falls, fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral. A lot of translations, that interpretation is sexually immoral or godless, like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know what the awesome thing is? We got a birthright too. And God help us that we don't trade it for the affection of this cultural moment. Yes, we should do good. Yes, we should treat people well. Yes, we should watch out for the oppressed. Yes, we should, there's so many things. Yes, we should do. Yes, we should give to charity. Yes, we should, we should do all of the things. Oh, but don't do all of those things. Trying to earn your way into heaven or earn your way into good favor, good standing. There's only one path to that. And that is that you repent and you turn to God 100%. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.